Hi, I'm Steve Mabb, Chair of the Australian Shareholders Association, and we're proud to be hosting the 2024 Investor Conference in Melbourne from the 19th to the 21st of May. And we're stoked that Phil, the host of this podcast, is going to be our special guest MC. If you haven't heard much about the ASA Conference, it's a flagship event that attracts around 300 investors and industry professionals, including the Chair of National Australia Bank this year, the Chair of AGL. We have Dr. Sam Hupert, the founder and CEO of Primedicus, and we've also got Richard White, the founder and CEO of WiseTech coming along, along with many others. For a limited time, new members can enjoy special pricing on registration for the upcoming conference, along with a complimentary 12-month digital membership with the ASA. That's two-day conference registration plus one-year ASA membership for $499, a saving of $150. Simply search for Australian Shareholders Conference Register, click on two-day conference non-member, enter the discount code MEM, as in member, 499, the number's 499, so that's MEM 499 to claim your special offer. Come along and meet me and Phil at the conference. We look forward to seeing you there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shares for Beginners. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Phil Muscatello and FinPods are authorized reps of Money Sherpa. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal situation. Shares for beginners. Weekend watch list. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watchlist, where we take a close look at an individual company that you may wish to consider for your watchlist. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how Stockopedia screens for value. Joining me today is Elio D'Amato, and we're talking Smart Parking Limited, ASX code SBZ. And who knew that car parks could be so high-tech, Elio? Yeah, I mean, so true. I mean, firstly... If we look hard enough in any market, we're always going to find good little profitable businesses who, you know, are on a strong growth trajectory, they're cash flow positive, and they're growing revenues at the same time. Uh, They also carry less funding risks like many of the other stories on the ASX. Basically, if they need to raise capital, they can look at their current existing operations and do so for expansion rather than necessarily survival, which is generally the case. So, Once you identify a business like this, what becomes important then, of course, is whether they can execute. And one of the things I like to look for are the leaders in a business. But anyway, that's all by the by. We're going to cover that in a moment because today, you're right, Phil, I'm going really deep down into the market today to look at that car parking business. They're called smart parking, everyone. They're a real minnow on our market, uh, but they've got big plans ahead. And despite their size, they're generating positive cash flow. So as you say, they're tiny, Elio. What, what's the market size cap of this, uh, <laughs> this company? Look, they certainly are. Look, they're very small. They're only around $117 million worth in size. So to be frank, there are probably some homes there, Phil, in Double Bay that are probably worth a little bit more. 
So tell us about the technology and particularly the ANPR technology. And this is something I've noticed every time we go into a car park now. You've got those cameras, isn't it? And that's automated number plate recognition technology. Correct tell way. Us about yeah, that. that's yeah. exactly right. That's automated number plate recognition. Now, it can be known in other countries as license plate recognition, which is LPR. So either way, it's a ripper of an acronym. But you're right, they're probably more visual than they are necessarily off the tip of the tongue. And much of that is to do with the fact that uh, you see them everywhere. And to be frank, I mean, as the name suggests, smart parking is basically managing these car parking sites, which include all these ANPRs. So the company operates not just here in Australia, although it's loss making, we'll get to that in a moment, but it also has operations in New Zealand, the United Kingdom. And recently, it also obtained operations in Germany. Uh, They currently manage some 1,193 sites across the world. Now, that's actually about a 33% increase on the previous year. And what's the solution that they're providing? And part of that is um, dealing with car park abuse, which I never (laughs) realised it was a thing as car park abuse. (laughs) Yeah, it's always uh, the eye of the beholder, I think, is the best way to describe that one, Phil, because, of course... That can be open to interpretation by some what is car park abuse, but the definition really is keeping your car somewhere longer than it should be. That is where basically the majority of the company's earnings actually come from, what they call parking breach notices or PBNs, another acronym. So some 80-odd, probably closer to 85%, according to the company, comes from these infringement notices. Now, the other part of their business is their technology division where they actually sell their proprietary technology and hardware to other external customers as well, plus internal ones. And that's why you've seen them probably in a more wider scale than necessarily just their operations. So it's interesting, though, because really the expected revenue formula is actually quite formulaic. So the companies disclose that on average around 0.4% of all parkers are in contravention per site, so they shouldn't be there. So that results in about six to 800 fines per year per site, making this really a scale game. Uh, the more sites smart parking operates, the more revenue they're going to make. Um, also, a smart parking also embeds its technology deep into other parking sites. There's very little churn in customers. In fact, it's actually less than 5% according to the company. So this means revenue is recurring and it continues to grow. That's not the only data that smart parking provide. What other data is uh, provided by their services? Yeah, you've really nailed it on the head, actually, because it's all about data. But in the case of smart parking, it's data is king, and it's really the data that it receives because smart parking is beholden, just like most others, to the driver information that the government provides them. Now, this is so that they can prove, one, the infringement, and then ultimately have someone to take the court if they need to to chase up those fines. So if the data that they receive from the government were blocked in some way, this would have a significant impact on smart parking, where really the issue here in Australia is somewhat mitigated because it's a loss-making entity. We'll get to that in a moment again. But particularly in the UK, which is its largest jurisdiction actually by revenue size, as well as their new emerging market in Germany. And combined with those two nations, it makes up about 90% of the company's total revenues as we go to air. So let's talk about the expansion into Germany. That was done via acquisition, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So as mentioned, it's not just a UK story, but it's a German story as well. And it's really focused on expanding more into Europe, particularly through those acquisitions 
into Germany. They really see the total addressable market, actually, in the UK of being around 45,000 sites, whereas the big cheese is that Germany has around 90,000. So currently, smart parking has about 2% penetration into the UK, and really it's negligible uh, in Germany, but they have big hopes for that part of the business, particularly when you think that most sites over there remained manned. Some 95% actually uh, of all parking sites in Germany are still manned sites. So you know, the potential for technology solutions in the sector is massive, um, hence why the focus is initially there. Most recently, it did purchase a very small company by the name of Park Innovation for only $2 million, uh, which handed it some 46 manual sites, and it will look to convert those into those nifty ANPR sites that we were talking about earlier. Further, I think some 22% of the region is actually regulated parking spaces. So any win there is going to have the potential to really turbocharge things. So uh, yeah, pretty exciting with regards to that expansion into Germany. Yeah, I was pretty surprised at that $2 million figure. I mean, that's going to barely buy you a dog box in Sydney these days, isn't it? As alluded to, some of those homes in Double Bay will probably be worth more than what CBD properties are worth at the minute. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Are you picking shares on gut instinct? Buying on press tips or rumours? Do you struggle to find the time to keep up with the research and analysis that goes into evaluating potential stocks? Stockopedia are pleased to offer a special deal to listeners of this podcast, a 14-day free trial and a 10% discount on the first year of membership. Sign up now at y.stockopedia.com sfb. There's no better time to access the most comprehensive, easy-to-use investing toolbox for DIY share investors. 10% off, 14-day free trial and a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's y.stockopedia.com sfb. So what do the financials look like? Um, when I was looking at the Stockopedia page, it's a very common story. It's scoring highly in a, a lot of metrics, apart from value. <laughs> look, well alluded to it. I'm glad you're a subscriber because, again, you nailed it on the head with regards to it. Look, overall, the stock rank is actually quite solid, but you're right. The strength really comes in the quality and momentum scores. In fact, post-March 2021, which is, of course, the depths of COVID, uh, the company's maintained a relatively strong overall score. So it's been consistently above 70. Um, But COVID did hit the company quite harshly. We've got to remember that. And therefore, one needs to look really through that period in order to really get a better understanding of the picture long term. Look, you touched on quality. It's high. It ranks as 97. Uh, Metrics like return on equity, return on capital employed, operating margin, Piotrowski score, Oldman score, Beanish M score, all of those look in very good shape. Uh, It's also grown its net profit over the past five years. Uh, Free cash flow has been increasing in that time as well. So it's been no wonder that momentum has actually gone up in step. It's currently 98. It has had some recent price weaknesses. I think it's important to acknowledge that. But then again, the stock is not really that far from 52-week highs. 
and it's moved in a general northeasterly direction over the year. I do see some short-term support actually at around 30 cents. For those who are wanting to allow the stock a bit more space to breathe, then maybe 26 cents would be a more appropriate level. Going back to 2019, that level, which was uh, resistance and then was tested in 2021, again in 2022, well, that's now broken through. So basically, now that it's broken through in July, I'm feeling quite heavy. That resistance level has now turned into a bit of a support level. So, But anyway, enough of the voodoo. Let's go to the brokers that cover it. And there's only two, despite its small size, there's actually two companies that have allocated time to researching this business. And both of them actually increased their earnings per share expectations on the company's full year results. So momentum-wise, we hope uh, that continues. But of course, I caveat any comment by reminding investors that as the stock is very small, can often, often have days of no trade or even little trade, then you know really this makes using charts particularly difficult. So you really need to look at the fundamentals and whether they stack up as to whether you should take a position in this business or not. One side's good, the quality, but as you alluded to, again, value isn't that great. Currently, it's around 47. It suggests that investors are paying a fair to elevated price to participate in the company's future, and for good reason. Look, while the PE and EV to EBITDA, you know, relative to the industry actually looks quite favourable, when considered against the broader market, it's just not dirt cheap. So despite its size, it is increasing. The company has actually bought back some $800,000 worth of shares on the market in the last financial year. Now, it did that at around $0.23, which actually looks quite shrewd given where the price is actually trading at at the moment. But it's important to note that program was actually cancelled in May last year with those funds now being channeled elsewhere within the business. So it's great to see a business that's focused on self-funding its growth rather than just raising capital. Fingers crossed it'll be able to continue that into the future, but I dare suggest if it wants to meet its lofty goals, it's going to have to tap investors shortly. And what are your thoughts on management and their part of the story? Yeah, so when looking at businesses of this size, I'm pretty big on backing the jockey. And I've got to admit, one of the reasons why smart parking piqued my interest was because chairman of the board and also major shareholder, Chris Morris, was on board. And basically, for those who don't know, he was the founder of ComputerShare, which I'm sure you're all very familiar with, and effectively created a global business. Took it all the way through expansion. He retired from the board there, ComputerShare, in some 2015 in order to focus on his other ventures. And that included you know, Smart Parking that he was appointed chairman of back in 2009. So he currently owns some 34% of the overall business and he has a very solid history of buying more stock, both before and after COVID. And uh, I always like to see that. And the outlook? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, the company earmarked that it believes it can grow its global exposure from around that 1,193 it has at the moment to 1,500. Initially, that goal was for the middle of next year, 2025. But at their latest AGM, the company actually bought that forward by six months and actually believe they'll hit that 1,500 amount by the end of 2024. They got quite a bit of cash sitting on the books. They'll use that to probably go out and make some more favorable acquisitions, um, I dare suggest. And basically, they're looking at other territories as well. And I've heard whispers of the US as well as Canada being mentioned. And then, of course, let's not forget the growth opportunity in Europe. Uh, which continues on its merry way. So all looks pretty rosy, 
And what about risks? I believe uh, Queensland is part of the risks. It's always Queensland, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds too good to be true, right? Where do I sign up? There's always yeah, a stock. Right. <laughs> there's always a stock like this in the market. But you know, you've touched on one of the key risks there, and basically that is Queensland. Make no bones about it, folks. There are some real risks with regards to smart parking beyond the access to government data that I talked about a little earlier. Queensland, that is a problem, child. Australia is a loss-making division. Uh, The Queensland government has stated publicly that it wants to crack down on what it sees as predatory fines uh, being issued by private uh, private car park operators, I should say. So in short, the Queensland government has put the Kaiser onto smart parking, and really it's just put a halt on accessing data from the motor vehicle registry, which is, again, very bad for the business. So it's only going to have a minimal impact. But again, if it spreads, it could be worse. Um, And herein lies the real issue. You look at the UK Parking Act, for example. Currently over there, it's legislated that the current industry parking charge is basically set at 100 quid with a 40% discount rate if you pay it a little earlier. Now, there's also a 70 quid sort of um, debt recovery fee that's also charged as part of that. Now, there are a number of options up for discussion. It's actually quite a political football, to be quite honest. But one of the ones getting real legs at the moment is that that pay early discount will be increased from 40% to actually 50%. So whilst not disastrous, the UK is the largest revenue generator at the moment for the company. So it's going to have some impact. But more importantly, it highlights the important role the government plays in a company like Smart Parking. Government does like to have a monopoly on fines, doesn't it? (laughs) An expert at it, one would say, Phil. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Yeah, well, despite the above risks that I've talked about, Phil, smart parking is really a capitalized business, which has predominantly got a big runway for growth. Let's be frank. It has a lack of liquidity. We know that. It's also its small size means investors who are considering the stock probably have to park their funds for quite some time to realize some of the long-term story. But um, in the short term, it means you have to have faith in the business. And let's face it, it's headed by IT sector royalty. The pedigree's there. They get payback on each site quite quickly. In fact, I read somewhere they get their money back for every new site they launch in a little over six months. So it really is quite cost light. They're just collecting money as it goes. So put simply, if they grow their network, they're going to make more money from it. Now, that is, of course, assuming, Phil, the government doesn't pull the rug from under. Somewhere to park your funds. I saw what you did there, Elio. Elio D'Amato, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for listening to Shares for Beginners. You can find more at sharesforbeginners.com. If you enjoy listening, please take a moment to rate or review in your podcast player or tell a friend who might want to learn more about investing for their future. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.